Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Kara. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm feeling happy. Although I just got another one of those dang calls I was telling you about. Those spammy calls. They're driving me crazy right now. It's coming in right now while we're on the recording. So another one offering to give you money? <laughs> yeah, another one. <laughs> I know we're off track already today, but that was very frustrating. <laughs> I get three or four of those a day and, and they'll come through as voicemails and some of them now even text me. Your yeah. Dun & Bradstreet number qualifies you for a $250,000 loan. Would you like yeah, to take advantage of that? I, I also get ones from the government agencies or from, I don't know if it's government agencies, but from the people who want to sell me how to get money from the government. Like you mm. qualify, your business qualifies for X number of dollars in employee retention plan spending or something. And we want to give you access to that free money. Contact us. And I'm like, yeah, this sounds like just a really bad scam all the way around. So yeah, they're no fun. Well, we did a whole episode on scams. So if there's people out there yes. wanting to frustrated like us, go check out our scam episode. But what are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about developing courage in business. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> don't accept the courage not to freaking accept those calls. So I do have to call Kara out because while we were prepping for this episode, she's going and individually putting these people's phone numbers on the do not call list. So for, for her <laughs> saying, this is a bad phone number. These people are annoying me. I do have to admit it gets terribly annoying. But yes, developing courage in business. It's so frustrating. It is. So I think this is a very important episode. I think that there's a lot of people out in the world who start a business and get really, really scared after they've started the business, or they listen to our last episode of turning your hobby into a business. And now they're like, yeah, now I'm terrified of my business. Thank you very much. Because we got some, <laughs> we had some really realistic things going on in that episode. But when you look at things, owning a business is scary. I've always likened my business after I quit my day job anyway, to doing acrobatics without a net. <laughs> There's just nothing going to catch you underneath there if you fall. And that in and of itself can be really, really, really scary. How about you, Kara? How, what is your, what, what do you feel like about courage in your business? So developing courage just in my business and in my life is a daily thing for me. I tend to be one of those people that operates scared and I operate at a level of anxiety that that is probably not healthy on a regular day. So I have to work really hard to continuously grow my courage in my business and I have to do it actively. Like it's something I actively think about and I have to know my body well enough to know 
when there's something that's triggering my business fear and when it's holding me back. So this is a topic that I I think I'm going to enjoy talking about it because it's something that I feel pretty connected to because it's something that I, on a regular basis, I struggle with courage in business. And I'm guessing I'm not alone. I think there's probably a lot of people that there's some element of their business that scares the crap out of them on a regular basis. I would say that that's probably a consensus that would be close to 100%. I don't think there's any small business owner or entrepreneur who can say that they completely are confident in every single aspect of their business and that that you do have to have courage. Because one thing about it, it, it's kind of like farming too. I know that you have to have a lot of courage to be of an agriculture period. But you know, you never know what's going to happen next. Things affect your business that you have no control over. So understanding that it's very scary when that realization comes over you that no matter what you do or how well you protect yourself, there's still risk involved in it. And you do have to have courage to stand up to that risk and say, I'm going to do this anyway. There's that quote, and I think it's a John Wayne quote. I I really need to figure out the names of these people before I mention them on the podcast, but it's it's maybe Will Rogers. I don't know. I'll look it up while you're talking. But, you know, courage is getting thrown off and then getting back on the horse, so to speak. It's not the exact quote. I'll find the exact quote. It's an important concept in business because I can tell you, you are going to fail at some things and no one wants to walk into something going, well, I could easily fail at this. It makes it much more difficult. So why don't you cover our big three and I will find some quote attribution. Okay, good job. So yes, the big three for today, the first part of developing courage in your business is to really assess your risk tolerance. So we're going to break that down just a little bit and talk about what that means. The second is just like the muscles, you can grow your courage and make it more flexible. And this is one I really believe in and I have some strong thoughts around it because I truly believe that I wouldn't be able to function on a daily basis if I didn't actively grow my courage muscle on a regular basis. Like I'm actively every day doing things that help me in my daily life be successful and use courage in order to get through the day and make decisions in my business. And then the last piece of that is cut yourself some slack you know, don't hold on to the failures. And this is a big one because we are all going to have failures in our business and we have to be able to take it and look at it and not let it derail us completely or send us into some kind of tailspin that will make us not move forward. It can't cripple us. So those are the big three. So the first one, you know, assess your risk tolerance. And when I think about this one, I think about the fact that for a lot of us out there, the fear of loss can be bigger for us than the excitement of the gain. So the thing that can come from taking the risk, sometimes we are more overwhelmed by what we could lose than by what we can gain. And that that is seen, I think, statistically, like if you think about like risk tolerance, when you're thinking about how to invest money, for example, that comes up there too. Well, what am I willing to lose versus how excited I'm going to be if I potentially gain something? But this is one of those areas that when I think about my business, 
the fear of losing something in that can sometimes totally derail me and it can override the excitement of the gain and what I can get out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you do look at what you have protected. And this is the whole reason that there's corporate structures, right? Is to be able to protect your personal assets. And when you do have a lot to lose, both financially in real, what do they call it? Liquid assets, things that you could sell, as well as real assets. There's a lot to lose in business when you start a business. There's all of that investment. And then there's all of the time and emotion and all of that that gets tangled up in it Mm -hmm. that you can't necessarily put a dollar figure attached to, but is a big portion of it. Like, what if I'm not successful? I mean, you don't create businesses in a vacuum. You bring all of your baggage along with you (laughs) when you start the business for good or bad. You bring your talents right along with your, with your terrors, you know, there's, there's all of that as well. And I think it's really important before you step into business or if you're already in business to take a few minutes and, and really take a look at how you assess risk in your life. How important is it? How much are you willing to stretch into that excitement versus the fear? And a couple of things that I want to say here is that fear and excitement in your body feel very similar. So if you think about the times that you're scared and you think about the times that you're excited, if you just will take a moment and kind of feel into that, the places that fear and excitement both show up are in a very similar spot in your body. For most of us, it's kind of right in the center of our core. It's um, where we would have our will and determination chakra. If you're into chakras, it's where that chakra lives. And it feels very similar. Fear and excitement feel very similar to each other. And so it's easy to follow the feeling of excitement into fear if you're not really careful about how you sort those two things out. So when you're looking at something that's risky and you're feeling those butterflies in your stomach or you're feeling your stomach clench, stop for a moment and say, is this a fear response or is this an excitement response? And I think it can help you a little bit discern kind of how you want to be. And if it's a fear response, ask if you can change that into an excitement to be able to get excitement about the gain. But in the end, you have to sort it out yourself into being able to get into that space. Does that make any kind of weird sense to kind of look at where it shows up for you? Yeah, you. I think you absolutely have to be willing to take a hard look at what at these things that scare you. And sometimes I'll have something that's making me uncomfortable in my business, but I won't know what it is. And I need to sit down and actually like pick apart that idea and sit there and say, is this the part that's scary? Is this the part that's scary? Is this the part that's scary? And then when I identify what that scary piece is, I have to pull it out and look at it and say, why is this so scary to me? And I actually have to like really kind of process what's so scary about that. Because when I can do that, then I can talk myself through it. Like I can say, okay, so this is scary for this reason. Well, here's what we're going to do to make that less scary. And here's the steps we're going to follow. And here's the safety belts that we're going to put into place. Or here's the path that we're going to follow in order to make that less scary. I have to physically do that all the time. 
And I don't know. I mean, maybe that feels like I'm being too analytical, but I do live with fear. I live with a very healthy level of fear in all areas of my life. So for me, this is an active thing that I have to do. Absolutely. And that brings me back to our quote, what John Wayne did say it, and it is, courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. And you're following that quote, you're scared to death, but you saddle up anyway. So last week, every month I teach an entrepreneur, I'm not going to say teach, I facilitate a group of entrepreneurial women who come together to explore a specific topic. And our topic for last week was what are you expecting for 2023? Kind of what are you looking forward to in 2023? And I know they all came to this group expecting me to hand out a worksheet and us to just work through some goal setting (laughs) opportunities. But this group of women, for the most of them, have been through that workshop at least once, maybe twice to 10 times, because there's a lot of us who do that in the room. And so I switched it up on him a little bit. And I asked him in our opening kind of circle area, what is their biggest goal? What is the goal for 2023 that is the most scary for them? Like, what is the big one that they're a little bit afraid to let out of the bag, right? And so they all shared that for them. And then I asked them what's stopping them from achieving that. And overall, fear and risk are what comes up the most often, like not some type of a limiting belief, some type of fear. And for about five of the women in the room out of 12, it was money. It had to do with money about expressing their value. And that can even feel risky, right? To say, I'm going to charge what I'm Mm -hmm. worth it can feel really risky inside because what do you have to lose? You have a lot to lose. Somebody can say you're not worth that much. Somebody can say, I'm not going to pay you that much. So it goes to the point of having to look at that and say, yeah, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to take that risk and I'm going to find the right people and I'm not going to take the first person's impression for what they say. If they say no, that's okay. I just haven't found the right person yet that will pay me that level of money. I mean, that's just one example of a thousand things that can be terrifying for a business owner in what their goals are for the year. But the bottom line to it is, is that if you want to really develop your courage in your business, you've got to look at the things that scare you. You have to ask the hard question of, this is my goal. This is really what I want to achieve. It's not something I've metered or fixed up or adjusted to feel more socially acceptable. It's what I really want to achieve in my business. And this is what scares me about it. And this is where I am holding myself back around this. This is what I'm I'm not willing to do at this point, but I want to stretch into being really willing to do moving forward. I think that takes us into number two, which is you can grow your courage and you can make your courage more flexible. And one of the things that I actually do is I'll sit down and make a list of what's the worst thing that can happen? in this situation. You know, if I take this, if I take this risk, what's the worst thing that can happen? And my husband will say things to me all the time, like, why are you feeding your fear? Like, why are you actively seeking worst case scenarios? Right. 
And I had to tell him that that's how my brain works. Like we will plan something and he will start planning and he'll be excited and he'll be looking forward to it. I will plan to do something, but I think three or four steps ahead of all the worst things that could happen. So like we have a nine-year-old and there were times as when he was little, when we would be, I don't know, hiking or something. And he's like, let him go. And he would be thinking, I think three steps ahead to the ledge that's you know, a mile away that I see is slowly walking towards. Like I'm thinking farther ahead than that. So I think that for, it is okay to actually take that route and actually say, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen here? And identifying that and then talking yourself through that and saying, okay, what's the likelihood of that? You know, am I being really unrealistic about this situation? (laughs) What are the odds? Maybe I need to research the odds. You know, I don't know, but I do that actively. I will make the worst, what's the worst thing that can happen list. You'd make a doom list. (laughs) That's your doom list. A doom list. This is what would happen. Sure, we call it the doom list. It's a doom list. Well, when you do that, if that works for you, I want to ask, do you do the inverse of that and make the best things list? What are the best things that could happen? about this scenario. Yeah, I'm not always as good at that. I will have to, I will make the what's the worst thing that can happen. And then I have to weigh those things. So I weigh that against, yeah, like you said, what is my hope that'll happen with this? But you're right. That would be a really good activity. What's the best thing that could happen? Yeah. You know, what we think about, and I know that you're not as woo-woo as I am, but when you think about these things, what you do is you you bring them into being when you when you think them through. In some ways, what you're thinking about, you manifest. So I say, if you're going to make a doom list, make yourself a bloom list, things that would bloom out of this situation, things that could explore those possibilities for positive after you've explored the ones for the negative. I do something similar as far as the negative list. I like to look and say, okay, if this worst case scenario happens, what would I do to respond to that? So I don't look at it as if this happens, that would just be the end of it. I look at, okay, if this occurs, what would be my backup plan? Or if this occurs, how would I work that situation out? But human beings, we tend to live in such a negative space. I was having a conversation with one of my mentors the other day, Mark, and he was talking with me. He coaches entrepreneurs. And he was telling me that in his research, and I don't know who said this, but 75% of thoughts that humans have are negative. I mean, we live three quarters of our time. In a negative headspace, right? It sucks. It's horrible for us to live in that particular space. But what I ask for is a little bit more balance in my own life. If I'm going to doom it, I want to figure out how to also look at the better side of things, how with the positive, what's the best case scenarios as well as the worst case scenarios. So do recognize that you do have a lot of negative thoughts and you are not alone in that. That is a population human statistic. It's not women in small businesses that are animal-based 
situation. It is all of us live in that negative space. And therefore, developing courage in business, it's an activity that all of us have to undergo and taking those risks and assessing that risk and then flexing those muscles in, in taking those risks in a way that you can tolerate is part of stretching out that 25% of the time that we can be positive about something. I just think what I've learned, I can't suppress my fears. Trying to shove them down and ignore them only makes things worse for me. And so that's why I say for me, I make the list. I think about worst case scenario. So I think that's the big thing I'm trying to say is you just can't suppress them. Like I have in the last year developed a pretty serious fear of flying and it has continued to progress. And I've had to put in some things into place to like do it because my excitement over getting to travel and my business requires travel and getting on airplanes and not missing out on those amazing experiences that getting on a plane and getting somewhere can give me definitely outweighs, has to outweigh that fear. But if I don't actively, if I I keep trying to suppress it, eventually it's going to win if I'm not careful. So one of the things, you know, there's things that I have done, like I've put in, when I start to get scared on a plane, I do some meditating and I, you know, I have, I have little activities that really help me get through it. Ed and I were just having a conversation the other day. We want to take a trip to New Zealand in 2024 with our son. And I started to almost like have an anxiety attack about being on an airplane for the 20 something hours that you have to be on an airplane to get there. And he's like, wow, I didn't realize that you were getting that bad. I said, that's it though. I get this way on the plane and I have had to put in measures because it's more important to me to go and do and have the fun and to have my business grow in that direction than is the fear of getting on that airplane every single time. Well, it's now something I do share with you because we were not on the same airplane, but we were in the same storm in the sky <laughs> when that occurred. <laughs> yeah, We were in the sky at the same time. And, and I do have to admit, it was definitely caused PTSD. It causes my body when I'm in the airplane to react to any type of turbulence, yeah. which normally wouldn't have bothered me in the past. Now it becomes a big issue. So, and just the, just somebody texting me to say, you know, be careful, you know, it's going to be a bumpy landing. And I'm like, all of a sudden, every muscle in my body tenses. But that is again, back to that John Wayne quote, both of us are that way, but both of yep. us saddled up anyway, we both got on the airplane. And in your business, there are times that you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to white knuckle your way into a situation completely in understanding that it may not work out the way that <laughs> the way that you had hoped, but you're going to take that risk anyway. And I I know that we're going to yeah. get further into it when we talk about the next piece of this, but how you hold on to that in moving forward in the future definitely determines how willing you are to stretch this muscle over and over and over again. Because it is that way. And we did an episode back in season one, I think, around resilience, which number two here is exactly that. It's developing resilience because it's going into something with the thought that it might not work out, that it's scary, and then still doing it anyway. That's resilience and stretching that muscle to be more and more and more resilient. 
It definitely helps too when you can turn to your core values. You know, if that's helping you drive your business forward, those things that are really important to you, if you can come back to those, that does become something that can help be a navigator through any kind of fear that you're having. And having that can help, you know, help grow your courage through that. I also think that if you can regularly take action on your ideas. So what I mean by that is to put your ideas out into the world, actually speak it out into the world, own it, and have others hold you accountable. So sometimes with those ideas we're afraid of, we don't put them out into the world because we're not sure we're ready to take action on them or we're afraid to take action on them. But if we know it's something we really need to do, we just need to get our courage to catch up to it. One of the ways that we can do that is actually put it out into the world and let people know that we've declared we're going to do this. We're going to take this next step in our business. And having an accountability person like checking in with you and saying, you know, how are you doing on that goal? I know you had some things you were working on. You know, what steps have you taken to move forward? can make a big difference. Yes, exactly. Two books that you can look for to help you with just this point. There's a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which I would highly recommend. In this book, she posits that ideas are basically entities. I know that's probably a little woo-woo for Kara, but that the ideas come into the world and they look for people that can manifest them and give them body and movement forward. And when you have an idea and you don't move forward with it, that idea will move on to somebody else. So the book is fascinating. It talks about examples and also strategies around that same concept. So I highly recommend that book. The other thing I think we're talking about here in releasing your ideas out into the world and giving voice to your fears is vulnerability. And in that case, Mm -hmm. anything that Brene Brown has written would be a really good thing for you to look at. If any of this conversation that we've had here right now resonates with you, or you identify yourself in some of the things that we're talking about, I think that those two books are the whole, like I said, the entire library by Brene Brown, but I'm thinking specifically of the book Daring Greatly. But those are good reading for you because these are people who are experts in this area and they have a tremendous amount of wisdom to offer you. And they're very easy reads. Both of these women are excellent writers and very, very transparent in their own vulnerability and their own risk-taking and their own courage in being out there in the world and talking about these topics. And I also want to mention, you know, as women, and and I know that our podcast is primarily listened to by women business owners, and we are women business owners, courage is not something that we are culturally encouraged to exhibit. I mean, that's a, a very masculine attribute that I think men are encouraged to stretch on a regular basis. And as women, we are finding our own courage. We're finding the ability to speak out. We're culturally coming into that 
feeling in in this particular culture. We're we're starting to embrace it more. So as it feels weird within ourselves and within our bodies, know that when you want to express courage, know that that is also something that in our culture has not been traditionally, I want to say, acceptable for women. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's one of the reasons we have to do what we say in number three, which is cut ourselves some slack because exactly. not only expected, but encouraged. It wasn't encouraged all the time. So yeah, I don't know. There was just this expectation that we didn't have to, we didn't have to have that mindset. So cut yourself some slack and don't hold on to those failures is our number three. And one of the things I like the most about this one is that it's okay to take the time to recognize our courage, that we do have courage and we all use courage every day in our lives. And there are things that each one of us, we go out and do bravely every single day that maybe other people would find extremely difficult to do. And I don't want to say celebrate that, but at least recognize it and, you know, recognize, like, I like to think about like how far I have come from the day that I decided I was going to pick up a camera and the day that I then decided I was going to start a business. Like I think about all of the steps I had to take and the courage that I had to have to make each one of those decisions and things like leaving my full-time job, things like, traveling and being away from my family. And uh, there's just so much there. And those were things that at one point were terrifying to me. And that took courage and that I had to stretch and I had to grow through. And now those are things that feel very normal. So I think when you think about it that way, you know, and you can recognize the times that you are using courage every single day, it makes looking at the scarier things a little bit easier because I think that the scary things in time will be things that we look back at and realize that we used courage and we moved through them and they're not scary anymore. Yeah, I think you should celebrate those things. I think you should celebrate them loud and proud. And not only should you celebrate them for yourselves, I think we need to learn better to celebrate them for each other. So I love the concept of, especially again, women supporting women in business. I think there's moments when you got to give that high five and that at a girl, I saw you bear witness to other people's courage and say, I saw that took a lot for you to be able to do that. And you go, girl, you go, you've got this. Because I do think the last part of this is that holding on to failure. I think many times Mm -hmm. in our businesses, in our lives, the things that holds us back the most is when we we cherish our failures, like we get a hold of them, that we integrate them into ourselves and we say, I would never do that again. In my own personal life, that was my bankruptcy and in, in business. I mean, I went bankrupt. I did the worst thing that you can do to a business and I bankrupted that thing. And not only did I bankrupt it, I bankrupted it with my family's money, which was like doubly, I doubled down on the difficulty there in that particular situation. Had I held on to that failure for the rest of my life, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I would be in a completely different world. I don't think, as a matter of fact, I don't think I would still be on the planet. I just don't know how I could have, if I would have held on to that particular failure, I think it would have been very damaging to me physically. And 
I, it wouldn't have ended up the same way. And so as I sit here today, I'm glad I didn't hold on to that. And I also want to celebrate the courage that it took to step out and say, I'm going to try this again, but I'm going to do it smarter and better. And I've always said, you know, failures are just stepping stones on the way to success. And I think that that lesson was deeply learned in that moment when I stood before that judge and had to finally solidify that bankruptcy. And I did lie to him when I, it wasn't a lie in the moment, but I did tell him I'd never own another business because I would never have had the courage to do that a second time. The truth was that I did have the courage. I just didn't realize it in that moment. And I did do it again. And 30 years later, here I am. So it's such a moment to celebrate that with each other. So for every piece of failure that you've had, make an equal success, a list of equal successes, and hold the successes in higher esteem than the failures. The failures were just stepping stones. The successes are what really matters. So let's not, let's let go of that failure report card and look at the success report card. Yeah. And recognize when you're doing that. Sometimes that's half the battle. I can't tell you, I mean, I've done public speaking and training and education, and I will look at the reviews afterwards where they go through and rate and review, and you'll have 50 that are positive. And then you've got the one person that had maybe one negative thing to say, and that's what you tend to focus on. And we, I think we do that all over the place in our businesses. (laughs) We place so much more value on the one little negative thing. If we don't say to ourselves and recognize that we're doing that, then it could say, you know what, I'm never going to speak again. I'm never going to own another business again, or I'm never going to do this type of photography session again, or I'm never going to work with this kind of client again. But it's not based on anything that is tangible in terms of when you look at the positives versus the one negative. You have to recognize, I think, that you're doing that. Well, I think you said that about public speaking. And for years, I did these live presentations for SCORE. And Mm -hmm. SCORE gave a, they gave a review form at the end of every presentation. As a matter of fact, I had to hand it out. Mm -hmm. And it basically scored me from one to five on like how well I knew my subject, how well was it delivered. (laughs) And then at the bottom of the thing, it had something about other comments. And Yeah. One of the things I both with good mental health and not so good mental health, I would sit down with those sheets of paper at the end of every single presentation and I would read them. And I will tell you, 90% of them had positive things to say in those spots, more than 90, probably 99%. Kim is great. Kim's an awesome speaker. We love Kim's classes. We want to come to more Kim's classes. Have more Kim. It's great. Loved how you did this. Loved how you did that. And then there would be one person that would have like the stupidest criticism of me. And the one that stuck in my brain the most (laughs) was, if you know me, you know I love to have my nails done. Like, and I like to get a little bit (laughs) out there with some of my fingernail polish designs. And I had given this presentation with, of all things, black and white fingernail polish. So most of my nails were, were black and then my ring finger was painted white. So I thought it was really classy, right? (laughs) And the person had wrote on the review form, Your nails were too distracting. I couldn't pay attention to the subject. 
<laughs> you need to rethink your nail polish. I think that's a compliment. <laughs> and I am like, it was that particular negativity right there that I was like, oh my, that is so not about me and so about whoever wrote that comment. And it was that moment yeah. that I could start to separate what was my way of holding on to something and what was somebody else's way of holding on to it. And from that point forward, I made it a habit to photograph just the little line where they gave the comment, like, like not like contact information or the the numbers, the number thing mm -hmm, always mm -hmm. floors me. But I would photograph those, but I would only allow to photograph the positive ones. So when I did get one of those negative comments, whether it be stupid, like the nail polish thing, or true, honest criticism, like you could have mentioned this or that or the other thing, I would make myself go back, find the little pictures in my phone, I keep them in a specific album and I go through and I scroll mm -hmm. through all of the positive ones to remind myself that the mass majority of people who come to my classes love me, think the content is great, find everything very useful, and that occasionally there's just that person who doesn't. And frankly, I'm not for them. Well, there you have it. So courage doesn't always mean doing things in the absence of fear is what we know. And just like John Wayne said, sometimes it means we have to do things being scared or worried, but we still have to find a way to do what we need to do anyway as business owners. So I think that's a good, a good way to end things. So you guys, thank you so much. We talked about the big three today, assessing your risk tolerance, growing your courage muscle, and cutting yourself some slack on some of this stuff. So we hope you enjoyed this episode on developing courage in business. If you did, please let us know online, um, wherever you listen, by rating and reviewing, and by finding us on social media at The Business Animal. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.